Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and as always, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and unfortunately, Cindy is off uh, this week again, but uh, she will return for our last show, which is next week, so I just want to actually remind everybody of that. Uh, December 14th, which is next Tuesday, will be our last uh, show of the season, and then we'll be on a a little bit of an extended break as we get ready for next year uh, and just uh, have some time, obviously, to... uh, spend with our families, not through the Christmas holidays. And we'll be returning our first show back in 2022 is February the 8th. So keep that in mind, February the 8th. Uh, but during the holidays, if for some reason, if you've missed some of the earlier broadcasts this year, uh, you can always go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, and you will see our on-demand section or our archive section there. And you can go back and listen to some of uh, the shows that maybe you missed uh, along the way through the season. But we appreciate you as always. Uh, joining us uh, live every Tuesday morning. All right, uh, I'm very, very excited this morning. Uh, We always enjoy having this gentleman on the show. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about Mike Nichols. He's the chief business officer with the Symmetra Tour. And uh, we usually have him on a couple times a year. We have him at the beginning of the season to uh, sort of kick things off for for the Symmetra Tour. And then we try to uh, get him uh, towards the end of the season or after the the season to do uh, a wrap-up, if you will, and just tell us about how things went and, and what we have to look forward to in next year. So, uh, please, uh, without any further ado, let me welcome my very special guest this morning, Mike Nichols. Good morning, Mike. Morning, Ted. I, I just want to say that I was just looking, and uh, I think Cindy's got an excused absence. She's out uh, playing at the LPGA <laughs> Professionals uh, in in their Pro-Am out in Arizona, and they're currently uh, tied for fifth after day one. So uh, she's making the most of her break, so I, I would re- well, uh, I respectfully request that this be an excused absence. Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna miss something, you want to make sure you're at least out on the links playing somewhere. So that's great. I'll have to uh, send her a note. I figured that's what she was uh, doing, but I couldn't uh, quite remember. But thanks for uh, for uh, confirming that. So well, again, welcome to the show. We we love always uh, having you. And again, uh, Cindy extended her apologies that she wasn't able to make it uh, for this show. Uh, she always enjoys having you on. Um, so let's let's do a couple of things here. First off, give us a, sort of a recap of 2021. This was sort of a uh, really a first full season back 2020 because of the pandemic. Obviously, uh, was a little you know chaotic in the golf world with with uh, tournaments and events and so forth. So we we kind of really didn't count it as a full season. But uh, you had a lot of events this year. Uh, how many events did you have? And just give us sort of an overview um, of of what went on this season that that stuck out to you. 
Yeah, I mean, we ended up, you know, last year through it all, we we had originally started with a 20-event season and um, managed to play 10. That was back in, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in 2020. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've never felt so, uh, you know, uh, proud of playing 10 events, right? It just, the amount of uh, hard work that our team and the hoops that the players had to jump through as you go from different municipalities and all that kind of stuff. So, Last year was most definitely a grind just to get those 10 events in, and we had to, you know, extend our season into November, you know, another, I think, six weeks just to to get it all done. So, uh, you know, certainly proud of what the team did last year. And so this year with the with the 20 events, you know, when we rolled into the new year, I think everybody sort of felt like, oh, on January 1st, it's going to be a magical time and everything's just going to change, you know, like for – and right. it just – you know, when it when it came around to it, it's like we kind of started where we had left off the last year um, with a lot of the protocols and testing and that kind of stuff. But the good thing was in the 20 events that we played this season, we never went backwards, right? That was always sort of my concern right. is it's like, you know, once we stop testing, are we going to have to re-implement testing or whatever? But we always, every time we made some sort of progression through it all, um, it always, we were always improving our position, never going backwards. And then you know, by the time we finished, it just sort of felt like we were, you know, back to before this all sort of started. So, um, you know, it was a little bit different because we didn't have a Q school at the end of Mm -hmm. 2020. All of the players who were on the tour were players who were on the tour the previous season. So we didn't sort of have an injection of new blood uh, like we normally do. And so that'll Mm -hmm. create for an interesting season that's upcoming here that uh, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit. But, um, you know, just, uh, again, proud of the team, proud of our players. And uh, I know you've spoken to, you know, the 10 of the players that we've uh, graduated or probably a majority yep. of them. So uh, certainly uh, proud of that group. And uh, it's certainly been a grind because they've been sort of at it for two years. And um, so just a, just a good season, um, just sort of, like I said, relieved to get to the end without, you know, taking a step backwards. Yeah, and and I, you know, and, and kudos to you and and uh, the rest of the staff um, for for really managing that because it's not easy. And something that kind of stuck out to me that you that you just said, and and I was always kind of curious about this because you know it was always sort of an, an ever evolving beast, if you will, uh, dealing with with COVID last year. How did you handle? Because obviously you you have to get you know the information in advance of an event. What's the protocol again? Because you're dealing with different municipalities, um, but as we discovered last year that um, sometimes circumstances changed very rapidly. Um, You know, one week it was this, and then, you know, uh, the protocols might've changed. Uh, Obviously you kept on top of that, but how did you adjust or did you have to adjust along the way? If a municipality, especially if you're out uh, in the Western part of the the country uh, where, you know, in California or Arizona, where they were maybe a little bit more stringent than some areas, how did you adapt and adjust if, you know, you had an event scheduled and suddenly protocols changed. Um, were you given notification fairly rapidly uh, about those changes and, and make adjustments accordingly, or, or how did that work? Well, it was really, uh, you know, the difference between 2020 and 2021 just generally was massively different, right? Because in 2020, everybody's right. sort of making it up. We're talking about, oh, we're bringing in players from 40 different countries. Now, you know, we right. know the majority of them are in this country, you know, already. Sure. So it's not like we're flying all these players in and, ha- you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, they will have come in from their, their native country at some point, but most of them were here in the United States for long periods of time. So it wasn't like all of a right. sudden they were 
they were coming. But, you know, it, it's one thing for me to say that. It's another thing for a municipality to, you know, you're the mayor mm-hmm. of a small town or something, and it's like, no, wait, we got players from 40 countries coming. And, you know, the messaging around yeah. that can be difficult. So, And last sure. year in 2020, we – the first, to your point, the first two events we played were, first one was in Michigan, which was very stringent right. with the governor there, and then the second week <clears> we're in <throat> California, and I remember thinking to myself, if we can get through those two, we're going to finish yep. this season. You know, I was like, I wasn't sure if we we're going to play those two, but I know if we played those two, we'd play the next eight, so... Um, Mm. But uh, it didn't really change too dramatically. There might have been some things in terms of like indoor dining and things of that nature. So we might have to, you know, instead of having indoor dining, we may have to have like box to go box lunches and stuff like Mm. that for the players. But nothing too, um, nothing too crazy where it was like a complete 180 about face where we had to, you know, figure anything out. So it was for the most part, we were proactive. We were ahead of it. As I mentioned, we played 10 times, so in a lot of those cases, we might have played those tournaments the year before, so it was, you know, it was, everybody was sort of comfortable with what we'd done before, so it was not, it was admittedly not too bad, but to the, at the same time, it was, it was always sort of lingering out there as a possibility, right? You, you're sort of like, okay, everything's looking great, but you didn't know if you were going to get the phone call the week before and say, oh, by the way, this is what we're doing now, and fortunately, that, that never happened, and uh Hopefully we've turned the corner now where um, kind of that stuff is, you know, obviously with the new variants, you know, every, there's sort mm-hmm. of the initial panic, but hopefully we're we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I, I hope so as well. Um, you know, you mentioned the top 10 as well, uh, official money from this season, uh, certainly a, a, an interesting uh, group of young ladies always out there grinding it uh, each and every week. And, uh you know, we did have the opportunity. Not everybody. There were a few. Unfortunately, unfortunately, their schedules didn't permit. But um, we got pretty much through the majority of the ten of them. And um, I, I got to say, you know, there was a lot of excitement this year. I think that the, the ladies, the young girls, were really excited to get back to a full season and just get out there and compete. And obviously, um, you know, they're looking at the the uh, year end prize. Um, but what was really interesting that I found, Mike, and, and I, I know you get a chance to to watch a lot of what goes on through the season. What really struck me was there was sort of a resounding, you know, I, I want to just I want to go out there, I want to do my best, I want to play, but more importantly, I want to have fun doing it. And that was something that we spoke to a lot of the young girls that mentioned that that was their number one thing is obviously they want to win and they want to do well throughout the season, but they just want to go out and have a good time. They want to have fun and and just enjoy themselves. Was that a sense that you you, uh, came across as well through the season? Well, certainly. I mean, I think um, for all of us, you know, 2020 put a lot of things in perspective, right? You know, just what's important Mm -hmm. in life and family and, you know, maybe it's not all about work. I mean, just Mm -hmm. kind of resets your thinking about what, you know, where you spend your time and what you do. And I think, you know, for these athletes who are playing professional golf, whether it's on our tour, the LPGA tour, PGA tour, whatever, you know, so much of their identity um, you know, for the most of them, I feel like they tie it to how they play golf, right? You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, what, how you're shooting on the golf course in many cases becomes, you know, part of your identity. And if you, you know, don't, aren't playing well on the golf course, that carries over into sort of the rest of your life. And I think, sure, you know, that's one of those things when for all of us, you know, whether it's to work and all of that kind of stuff, it's like, okay, do I need to really stay till 7 o'clock every night? Like, maybe I should go leave it, make sure to leave at 530 so I can spend time with my family because that's, more of a priority. And I think that that, 
you know, I hopefully carried over a little bit to, to the players on our tour. And there's one player mm-hmm. that um, comes to mind. Um, I don't know if you had her on the show, but Maudemide LeBlanc from Canada. So prior mm-hmm. to COVID, she had um, decided to retire very sort of, not very publicly, but, you know, sort of said, hey, this is right. sort of my last thing. And so she went home to Canada and then, um, you know, during 2020 was was not playing and then, you know, for however it was, whatever happened in 2020 sort of refound her love for the game and came back and, wow. you know, finished sixth on the money list, you know, came out of retirement, played well, finished sixth on the, mm-hmm. the money list to, to regain her LPGA Tour card. So, like, she's one person that sticks out in my mind as, right. you know, gosh, if it wasn't for COVID, she might not have come back because she might have yeah. gone into sort of what gotten into whatever you do, but maybe that whole COVID thing up in Canada, they were a little bit more mm-hmm aggressive with the lockdowns and so maybe sure you know just one of those things that puts it all into perspective so she's one person that sticks out and i think to myself you know COVID obviously was a horrible thing but it's interesting how it impacted um certain people yeah and you know what's what's also interesting as well is you know i, I look at some of the stats that have come out as a result of last year not so much the player stats but just uh growth of the game i mean the the game itself has seen and particularly uh, in, in the women's side of the sport, and not just at the professional level, but even at the amateur level, a lot of young women, for some reason, really got attracted. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the stats were somewhere in around 400,000 uh, of the new golfers during uh, the 2020 season. Now, here we are right in the, the throes of a pandemic, uh, were, were young women that uh, came to the game. That's a big number uh, when you think of the overall, uh, you know, uh, new players each season. Um, what do you attest that to? What, what do you think is, is the reason so many young girls are, are being drawn to the game? Any thoughts? Uh, well, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it quite a bit on the show, but like, again, mm-hmm. not that the whole COVID pandemic was uh, good for anybody or anything, but it was no. certainly good for the golf industry, right? It, it was right. sort of the one sport <clears throat> that people could take up. And, you know, as I talked to you know, country clubs around the country where is in the past, I would call up a country club and say, hey, we're interested in bringing the Symmetra Tour to your facility. And they would be like, how fast can you be here? The conversation now is like our membership is so full and our tee sheet is so full that if we, um, if I take away the golf course from the membership from a week, they're going to have my head, right? So, right. <laughs> um, you know, so as, as I look at it just generally, the overall population, because golf was right. something you could do outside socially difference, distancing or whatever, that um, so many new players came to the game. And I think a lot more families went out. Like we certainly had more time as a family to go out and, and play golf and and that sort of thing. So I think it's, I, and then, uh, you know, the, the efforts um, both uh, with the, at the LPGA level with our girls golf and in partnership with the United States Golf Association, you know, that's, um, I think those sort of tentacles to try to grow the game at the grassroots level is really working. But again, I think, you know, as people are joining country clubs and, you know, we certainly talked about it historically where it was kind of the country club was always sort of the thing that the dad did, you know, and that was kind of the right. country club membership was the dad thing. And then country clubs realized they needed to evolve and, you know, put in a fitness center and a pool for the kids and all of that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, because golf was something that people could do as a family, as we all know, it's, you know, you got to get a club in people's hands. And, you know, so for, yeah. for girls, if, if it would, if the sort of the pandemic is what it took to get a club in 
a girl, young girl's hand, and she, you know, sort of was hooked on the game initially. The thing that I think is different probably now than ever before, or at least it seems like it, is that there's going to be a little bit more um, lasting uh, power or stickiness, I guess, to all of these new people that are entering, or at least we hope so. You know, anecdotally, right. there's a lot of stories about people who've taken up the game. You know, there's always the the Tiger effect, and everybody thought the Tiger effect was going to create this whole new generation of golfers. And they may have been interested in golf more, but maybe weren't sort of actively playing as much. But I think uh, there's a certain optimism in the industry that the people who mm-hmm. were drawn to the to golf um, during the pandemic will stay. And uh, obviously, a large portion of that, as you referenced, is uh, is young girls and women. So um, that's you know that's obviously fantastic for uh, for the industry and for sort of the future of the women's game. Yeah, and I think it's a you know you, you look at the younger generation. I mean, I'm you know in my later 50s, so obviously I'm of a, a different generation than, than most of these young players uh, coming out in the Symmetra and, and even early on the LPGA. Um, you know, we obviously viewed things a little bit differently as, as far as golf's concerned, but they look at it as as not just a game or a sport. Uh, they also look at it as an entertainment value as well. And it's something to do. And, you know, with the uh, introduction of, of organizations like Top Golf and others have, have also helped to introduce people, especially the younger generation, uh, to a game that maybe they otherwise might not have had uh, access unless, as you said, maybe their parents or somebody uh, belonged to a club. Um, what was really interesting is uh, uh, probably a couple of months ago, uh, I decided to you know, drag myself out to the range. I uh, hadn't done that for a little while. I mean, I, you know, teach and whatnot, but I don't get a chance myself. And what was really interesting, I went very early on a Saturday morning and I was amazed at how many young women were there working on their game. It was a shock because, you know, in the past, I hadn't really noticed that as much. And um, they were out there, you know, grinding on their game and working on different aspects out in the range, on the putting green and so on and so forth. And it was very, very refreshing. And I had a chance to talk to a couple of them um, while I was, you know, on the putting surface there as well. And uh, they just said, you know what, they, they enjoy it. And, and the reason why I mentioned Top Golf is two of the girls that I spoke to said that, you know, we went as a group, uh, you know, to, to a Top Golf. And it looked kind of cool, and we thought it was kind of fun, so we decided to, and the next thing you know, they're now out playing on the links. So, you know, I think however we get that club in their hands, I think is a, it makes for a great opportunity. And I think, again, not to take away from the tragedy of 2020, uh, but that certainly has brought golf to the forefront for a lot of people who otherwise might not have. Um, I want to just focus on, just for a moment or two more, um, on the top ten uh, we, as I said, we had a, a, a chance to speak with most of them, uh, not all of them, but uh, a, a couple that uh, that really stood out was uh, uh, Fatima Fernandez Keno. Uh, she, in fact, I think she got into number two, uh, and actually didn't. If I if I have the right one, I don't think she actually won an event this year, but she finished so high up in the top ten uh, on the money list uh, for a number of tournaments that she still managed to get in into the number two spot. I think it was her. Um, what do you think of, uh, I, I mean, obviously, again, you probably don't get to watch every single player, but uh, what were some of the other players that stood out? Was she one that stood out for you as well? Yeah, so Fadi is, um, she's certainly a special player. Last year, so sort of during our COVID-shortened season, we, we had sort of five players who got LPGA Tour cards who weren't, they didn't mm-hmm. get particularly good status, but a couple of them managed to maintain their status and uh, sort of play on to the LPGA for 
for next year. But Fadi uh, joked that she was the – so she finished second on the money list last year, probably yep. would have finished first. Um, she had a couple of uh, – she had to get pulled out of a couple of tournaments uh, to, due to testing positive for – for COVID, mm-hmm. otherwise she probably would have finished number one on the. She actually had to come out of the tour championship, believe it or not. So, um, but she was comfortably in the top five, thankfully. So, you know, she um, was in the top. She finished second last year. She finished second this year, and um, it, it's uh, like it's very hard to predict who from year to year is going to sort of finish mm-hmm. in the top ten. Um, and you know, with her coming back, you know, she joked at the at our graduation ceremony that she's the first person to uh graduate in back-to-back years from the Symmetra tour that probably will never right. never happen hopefully it never <laughs> happens again due to the circumstances but she um but she um uh certainly is a, is a special player I, I have played with her in the pro-am and just um just has you know no elements of her game are missing she is definitely a star on the rise and as you point out you know based on the purse distribution it's very difficult to finish in the mm-hmm. top 10 without winning. Uh, Maudemi also finished in the top yep. 10. I think everybody else on the, on the, in the top 10 um, won a tournament, but it's almost impossible. Yep. I mean, granted, I've got two players in the top 10 who did it, but it's super hard. Yep. And to finish second without winning yep. means you almost have to finish second like every week. Like it's just, she has to be yep. in the top five or top 10 every week. She played well. She played in the, the Spanish Open uh, on the LET um, to end the season here a couple weeks ago, and I think she finished on the top five over there. So she's certainly a uh, a player to watch for for sure. So um, you know, so she she's a, a player to watch. Um, you know, one that's sort of interesting too. A couple that are sort of interesting that is sort of your up and coming kind of can't miss that took a little bit longer are Casey Danielson and Sophia Schubert. Yep. You know, Casey yep. was, you know, sort of the All-American at Stanford, kind of your can't miss, and then had a, you know, very bad Q school, so kind of relegated her to no man's land for for a year or so. And similarly, uh, Sophia Schubert, you know, came off of uh, winning the USAM, obviously seemed to be very promising, and then had some injuries and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a couple of players that if you'd looked at them coming out of college, you would have said, oh, these these two are destined to be LPGA Tour stars, and it just took a little bit more time, you know, um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, whether it was injuries or, or other things. So there are certainly two players to watch. And then the one that's just fascinating to me is uh, Lilia Vu, who, um, you know, yep. she um, finished number one on our money list by quite some distance, was the only three-time winner this mm-hmm. season. But what made her story particularly interesting, and it's pretty well documented, was that she had gotten LPGA Tour status through Q School, a couple years ago and did not play well at all, you know, just was missing cuts and doing all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. her, you know, went to her mom and said, you know, I, I think I'm done. I think I want to go to law school. And her, you know, her mom said, absolutely not. You're too gifted at this game. She was an All-American at UCLA and all that kind of stuff. And her mm-hmm. mom said, absolutely not. You know, this is your gift and you're going to grind it out and get back out on the horse and obviously has has the talent to, to play at that level. But, you know, I, I joked at the at our uh, card ceremony that that's probably the only time that, that a parent has convinced a player to, to give up their profession or to uh, give up their aspirations of becoming a lawyer to continue to play professional golf, right? It's, it's, usually, the other, it's usually the other way, yeah. you know, like the parent's like, hey, isn't it time to look to do something else? And then this is a situation where the parent was like, you're not going to law school, you're doing this because this is your gift. And, uh, so, like, you know, we are talking a little bit earlier, you know, sometimes the things like, you know, I don't know whether COVID sort of changed her direction or helped Lilia put it in perspective, but, um, you know, that was, that's certainly a pretty cool uh, 
cool story of, you know, the parent support sort of telling her, you know, figure it out. You're too good to, to quit at this point. So that, that was a, probably my favorite story of the year. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, that is very interesting because it is the opposite. Usually you'd, you know, finish your education, you know, become a lawyer, doctor, whatever the case is. Don't stay out on tour. You've, you've got the talent. Another one, too, and, and, and um, that, that struck me was uh, Rajin Liu, uh, who finished number five. And what was interesting about her story, um, we had her on the very beginning of the year, is she had, I believe it was an ankle or it might have been an ACLU injury uh, towards the, the end of, uh, you know, the previous season uh, and actually had gone home uh, back to, to China uh, and, and said she had not picked up a club for several months and then came out uh, the first event on the 2020 season and wins the tournament. And we, you know, we were talking to her, Cindy and I were, were saying, you know, what, you know, what was going on? And she says, well, I, I picked up a club the week before and just started practicing. And it's just really a testament to the level of play that these players can muster up, even despite not you know, working on their game, not doing anything, for sometimes months and and obviously that's a rarity, but um, for that to, to happen and obviously a blessing in her case. But and I think she went on. I think she didn't get the next one, but then I think the third tournament or maybe fourth tournament she also won. So she won two, I think, this season. But the first one really impressed me because I thought here she is. She's off for several months, not playing golf at all, just because she's nursing an injury and comes out and wins the first event of the year. I mean, that doesn't happen too often either. <laughs> No, it's, you know, obviously, I mean, we all deal with it. I mean, you referenced, you know, that you didn't, you don't play so much and you had to go to the range, you know, and try to figure out what right. it is. We've all been embarrassed by the fact that, you know, oh, my buddies are coming in for a golf trip. I better go hit some balls right. and do all of that kind of stuff. But like to play at that level, to your point, and winning, you know, it's one thing to come out and, you know, slap it around and make the cut and do whatever. It's another thing to, you know, plug it in and win. But, you know, that's, you know, as we, you know, I think that's probably, you know, one of the biggest things when people say, like, what's the number one thing that players don't understand? I mean, excuse me, people don't understand about the this player that's on the Symmetra Tour. And it's like, it, these are the best players in the world. Like, they are playing mm -hmm. at a totally different level. Okay, on a, you know, if you play alongside them on a, a hole, you occasionally hit it past them, maybe, but not for 14 of the hole. I mean, you're not going to hit it past them 14 times in the fairway, or, you know, so they're just... They're just another level, and that's a perfect example of how these players are just at an, a different level all to altogether. I mean, these are players that are, you know, competing for their com country in the Olympics, and that that's another cool yeah. sort of story. Yeah. Is that uh, you know Morgan uh, Morgan Retro, who graduated, you know, um, decided to forego playing in the Olympics for uh, for Switzerland, where she could have played to to stay on the the Symmetra Tour. Um, to mm -hmm. make sure that she got her card and it, you know, obviously served her well because she ended up finishing ninth. And if she'd had to, you know, to play in the Olympics, she would have probably had to take at least two weeks off, and that might have cost her her right. spot in the top ten. So, I, as I said at the you know graduation ceremony, it's like I'll forever remember the player who skipped the Olympics <laughs> to play the Symmetra Tour, right? Like, I mean, but that's, but again, that's the level that these players are. They're literally the best in the world and the best from their respective countries and people just don't realize it because, you know, it, it just seems so, they're so approachable and so familiar and just nice people. But again, they're, they're just playing golf at a different level than the rest of us. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually literally just down the street uh, from the, the final stage of the Q, the LPGAQ series uh, is being played at the Robert Trent Jones uh, golf course here in Dothan, Alabama. And uh, I stopped by yesterday real quick. Uh, you know, they haven't started yet. Obviously, they're just doing their practice and whatnot. 
And it's just amazing. I mean, it just blows you away to watch these young ladies and, uh, you know, hitting balls on the range and on the putting green. And, and you know, what's interesting, and this is a, a really a, a, a tip for a lot of you amateurs that are tuning into the show, um, they pull out the training aids. These gals, as, as high level as they're playing at, they still use and go back to their favorite training aids that help them along the way. So, um, you know, get out there, and, and if you've got something that helps you on the putting surface, use it. I mean, these girls are using it, and they're playing at the highest level, as, as Mike just mentioned. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about what's coming up and new for 2022. Um, any new events coming in, and uh, what, what's the scoop? Yeah, so we've got a couple of new events coming up we hope to be announcing soon. As of right now, we're, we're sort of putting the finishing touches on the schedule. We know we'll play a minimum of 20 times, once again, finishing the season here in um, in Daytona Beach at LPGA headquarters and kicking off the season as we uh, have, with the exception of uh, last year during covid uh, over mm-hmm. in uh, Winter Haven with our, our Florida's Natural uh, Charity Classic, the sort of the mm-hmm. uh, orange juice brand that everybody sees in their retail uh, grocery store. But and then so in between there, we'll have 18, at least 18 tournaments. And so we're, like I said, we're trying to finalize things, may add a, another one here or two later in the, in the year. But, you know, we're super excited. I think we're going to, you know, play, we're definitely going to play for the, sort of the all-time highest average purse and total purses mm-hmm. in in tour history. So we're, you know, super grateful to the sponsors. You know, one of the folks in particular I should call out is uh, the folks there at French Lick Resort who've been, uh, you know, we've oh, been yeah. playing there at the, the Donald Ross course, which is sort of their old school course that hosted the LPGA championship, if I'm not mistaken, sort of in yep. like 1960 and 61 or something like that. Well, we're actually going to move the tournament over to the Pete Dye course, which is for anybody who's been to French Lick, it's a super challenging golf course. Um, very scenic and we're going to play for the highest person in tour history there um, with the winner taking home fifty thousand dollars and so to to put that in perspective it may not sound like a lot in the world you know we talk about millions of dollars especially in the right. men's game but so the winner of that tournament will take home fifty thousand dollars my first year on the the Symmetra tour which was 2013 at the end of the season number one on the money list won forty seven thousand dollars so the right. winner of this one tournament at French Lick will win more money than the number one on the money list my first year with the Symmetra Tour. So, you know, without committed sponsors like the folks there from French Lick as well as, you know, our other partners throughout the season, you know, we wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, to help these ladies, uh, you know, chase their chase their dreams. So we're proud of our athletes and obviously the sponsors who've, uh, who've supported them. Yeah, and, and it's it continued to, the purses are continuing to grow every year and, and uh, the attraction to the women's game, uh, thanks to uh, you know folks like yourself and, and many of the other staff uh, in the organization, of course the LPJ uh, organization as well, uh, have just done a great job in, in really um, pushing that needle forward. And we've seen uh, the purses all the way around in women's uh, golf uh, continue to grow, and I know they'll keep doing that. I, I want to mention one thing, and, and, and I don't know. I'm sure you'll be aware of it when I, when I uh, say it, but um, one of the young ladies, we had a, Cindy and I had the pleasure of interviewing her a few years ago. In fact, 2019, she won three events, uh, including the Sioux Falls Great Life Challenge. Um, of course, now she's on the, uh, the LPJ Tour, and she actually won. Uh, she was a rookie technically in 2020, uh, and she won the uh, ANA Inspiration, which is a major uh, in her rookie season uh, this year, which was sort of uh, official. Uh, I'm talking about Patty Tavatanikit. 
And what was also interesting, she also received the Rolex Rookie of the Year honor. Um, I mean, she won three events in 2019. That's got to be really sit very well with you, particularly to see a young star like that coming up through the ranks on the Symmetra Tour and then coming out in her first season, wins a major, gets recognized by Rolex as the Rookie of the Year, uh, and just starts off with a banner year. Um, that's got to be special, I think, extra special for you to see someone like that just doing so well uh, on the next level. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, even more uh, rewarding uh, is that in her uh, post-tournament uh, press conference, she was asked about, you know, how uh, how important the, the Symmetra Tour was to mm-hmm. her development as a player. And she said, huge. She's, I mean, that was her yep. word. She said, huge. She said it was, you know, with, uh, you know, obviously, the she said the, the leap from college golf to professional golf is huge. And I learned how to go out there and I learned how to win. And you know, she'd only really played half of the season because she, you know, finished up her spring semester and then came out and, you know, won three times, to your point, in 12 events right. or whatever half the season right. was. So obviously a star on the, on the rise. But, you know, so obviously Patty T is a special player. But, you know, we've also had, you know, a lot of other players, you know, like mm-hmm. so going back to sort of when I started in 2013, admittedly the players that we were graduating sort of in the earlier part of my tenure weren't necessarily having immediate uh success but now we're we're attracting players from all over the world and and the best so we have like you know hannah green from australia who graduated from our tour she won a major obviously nelly corda graduated from the tour you know won a gold medal it's won majors number one in the world currently uh ali ewing from the u.s uh, celine mm-hmm. boutier from france has has won tournaments um matilda castron she didn't graduate but she played on the the Symmetra Tour last year, and then this year um, has won on the LPGA Tour. So we're seeing the players that were graduating and are playing on the Symmetra Tour are just playing at a way higher level. So when they get out there onto the LPGA, you know, finishing in the top 10 on the Symmetra Tour right now is very hard. It's super competitive. And so that sort of that grind of going a whole season and trying to get into that top 10 and having to play well week after week after week to make it into that top 10. You know, again, when I started in 2013, if you won a tournament, you were probably going to be in the top 10. Now you can win multiple tournaments. You know, we've had seasons where players have won multiple tournaments and not finished in the top 10. So it's just week after week, you have to consistently grind. And I think that serves the players well when they get to the, the LPGA because they're seeing they're playing week in week out against players that are playing at a very at a very high level and so when they get to the LPGA tour they're ready for it. Do you ever think you know because there is such a, an insurgence of of so much talent coming in and I know there's only so many spots uh, is there discussions or considerations to maybe increasing it from top ten to maybe top fifteen or top twelve or something? just to let a few more in because there is so much talent coming in. Um, is there d- discussion or is that realistic or something that could it's, potentially yeah, happen down the road? Yeah, it's certainly, uh, you know, it's certainly something that we've talked about, you know, as you can imagine that, you know, every time you, you, you know, create more cards here, you remove cards from here. So it's, you know, there's not right. an infinite number of cards. So it, that you, you look at it and say, okay, you referenced Q series earlier today and, you know, you yep. said, okay, so the, the Q series and you say, okay, well, 45 players at Q series are going to get their card. And you look at the players that are in there and the, you know, of the players that are in there, there's some very good players who are not going to get their card 
in that top 45. Right. So you say, okay, well, if that 45 now becomes 40 because we're giving another five on the sure. Symmetra Tour. You know, so that that's the thing that a lot of people, when they say, oh, you should just give out more cards, it's like, okay, well, where do you right. want them to come from? So it's, <laughs> but is it, is it a discussion? It's always a discussion. We, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's not, we, we, nobody here thinks that we've got the, the formula right and you know it's you know we don't ever have to revisit it we revisit it and have those discussions every single year so um is it going to happen is, is it going to happen for next year no but you know could i have could it happen the next two or three years absolutely yeah it's just you know i, I mean you, you feel for for these young ladies i mean obviously there's there's going to be uh you know some that are going to make it and some that are not um but you you know you look at so many of these that that you know, are literally knocking on the door, uh, you know, each season and get so close. And as you said, that might win a, even a couple of events and still not make into the top 10. Uh, so obviously it's very disheartening. So you kind of think, you know, what can we do or how can things be adjusted? But you're right. There are a limited number of spots available and you've got to sort of shuffle the deck somewhat. And, and I'm sure they'll figure something out, uh, you know, because again, um, as you pointed out, there are so many uh, incredible young ladies coming into uh, you know, your platform that want a, an opportunity to get out onto the LPGA. Uh, but again, there's only so many spots. But um, you guys have done a fantastic job. I mean, each year it, it, it gets, you know, even more exciting. And we really appreciate the opportunity uh, to feature and host these young ladies, uh, you know, as they win their events on the Symmetra Tour and get ready for the next level of their uh, careers. We really appreciate the opportunity. We look forward to uh, hosting them again uh, and some new ones, obviously, uh, coming in for 2022. We appreciate and thank you very much for that. Yeah, well, we certainly appreciate, obviously, you and Cindy having the having the ladies on because, you know, showcasing what our athletes are doing because, uh, you know, obviously we're grinding on this every day trying to, you know, raise purses <laughs> and add more tournaments and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, the fact that uh, the attention that you bring to the LPGA Tour and the Symmetra Tour is uh, certainly a, a important part of the overall sort of mm-hmm. women's golf ecosystem and sort of elevating uh, the whole platform. So appreciate everything that you guys do to, to showcase our athletes and, uh, and help us really improve, uh, hopefully improve their lives. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all keep uh, working on it together, but certainly uh, thanks to you and, uh, and Cindy for uh, making the Symmetra tour priority with your, with your show. Well, we appreciate it again. And we look forward to again, uh, a successful 22 uh, 2022 season and uh, we want to thank you for all of uh, your efforts as well and, and thank you for for supporting our show and and allowing the girls to come on um and i know you got to go so i'm going to let you uh, go and and uh and do the rest of the day that you have things to do but um uh have a great uh, holiday season all the best and we look forward to having you come back early next season uh as we get ready to launch and start off a new uh Symmetra tour uh season so thank you mike for all that you do and we appreciate it uh, have a great uh, holiday season, as I said, and uh, we look forward to having you come back on again. Thanks very much. I look forward to uh, connecting uh, with you in the new year when we've got sort of the new schedule and all the new news ready to announce. Yeah. Oh, perfect. All right. Have a good one, and thank you very much, Mike. Thanks, Ted. All right. That was my very special guest, Mike Nichols, Chief Business Officer of the Symmetra Tour, uh, wrapping up another successful season, 2021. As he mentioned, a lot of young uh, players now going to be progressing uh, to the LPJ Tour. And uh, I'm going to give you some final thoughts before I close off the program in just a moment. But here's a quick message 
from one of the sponsors, Golf Tips Magazine. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, as I get ready to wrap up here in just a moment or two, uh, again, I want to thank uh, my very special guest this morning, Mike Nichols, uh, the Chief Business Officer from the Symmetra Tour. Always uh, a joy and a pleasure to have him on the program. He always uh, brings a lot of insightful information about what's going on, not only on the tour, but uh, some of the players that uh, impressed him uh, throughout the season as well, uh, which he, of course, mentioned this morning. And, uh you know what's really interesting uh, about these young ladies, as I as I expressed to, to Mike, is is just the you know the, not only the willingness to go out there and work so hard. And I'm going to touch on just a couple of things that I, I saw yesterday at the uh, the LPJ uh, Q series, which is uh, of course uh, uh, a group of, of young ladies that are trying to earn their LPJ card uh, through that program. Um, I'll tell you about that in a moment. But what really impresses me, and and you know, each season as we interview uh, a lot of these up and coming uh, players uh, that are making their way towards the LPGA Tour, uh, is their willingness and dedication to put so much hard work uh, into their craft. Um, you know, this is a, a, a game sport that they've, um, in many cases, have been introduced at a very early age. Um, whether it be by their parents or uh, some other uh, avenue, and uh, have just decided that this is something that they want to do with their lives. And they really go out there and, and work at it and very diligently. And that's not easy to do. Uh, you know, I've taught for many, many years, as has Cindy. And uh, it's not always easy sometimes to pick yourself up and, and go out there day in, day out and working on uh, the various things that, that need to be worked on, uh, you know, with any sort of regularity. And but the other thing, as I mentioned uh, as well, is I think a lot of them, and, and as Mike uh, touched on, uh, I think partially because of the pandemic, um, a lot of people have sort of reevaluated their lives uh, over this last year or so, and and recognize that as much as they want to be out there, and as much as they are willing to to stick with it, grind, and 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 do the things that need to be done, they also have come to the conclusion that they want to have fun while they're out there and. Um, they want to just, you know, enjoy the process, enjoy uh, win or lose, and I think that's extremely important. And and we've had many, and as I've talked about a number of times on the show, we've had many young ladies who have come on from the Symmetra Tour as winners who for months and in some cases even years struggled with their game, grind, you know, grinded it out uh, to the best of their ability and just couldn't seem to get over that threshold and in some cases actually got to the point where they had considered uh, leaving the game uh, out of frustration and, uh, you know, due to their struggles and just decided one day that, you know what, I'm just going to go out and have fun and whatever happens, happens. And voila, the very next uh, week, uh, they come on here as a winner. So I think there's a, a certain element of understanding that 
yeah, you're going to have to work hard and you've got to do the things that you need to do uh, in order to make it at that high level. Uh, but you also have to remember it's a game and just go out and enjoy it and have fun. And, and if you win, great. If you don't, that's okay too, as long as you learn from uh, those uh, particular experiences either way. Um, it's going to help you. And whether you aspire to be a touring professional, as some of these young ladies do, or whether you just want to uh, get together with your friends and, and or family members that maybe play golf and just go out and have a good time, uh, that's what it's there for, is just to have some fun. Um, just a couple of uh, final thoughts here on the LBJQ series. As I mentioned, I went up yesterday. Uh, they're getting ready. They're playing some practice rounds here, and officially we'll, we'll start uh, on Thursday through Sunday. Um, so right now they're just sort of warming up and getting ready. But again, one of the things that really impressed me, as I mentioned, was the fact that, you know, many of them were pulling out training aids, uh, going through, uh, some of the fundamental basics, uh, the grip, the stance, they're working on all these things continually. Um, I watched one young lady, uh, again, it was towards the end of the day, so there wasn't too many out on the range itself. Uh, there were a number on the putting surface, but not too many hitting balls. And what was really interesting is, you know, she went through her routine every single time. Her coach and caddy uh, was there, but, um, you know, she was just going through, uh, you know, through her process. Uh, too often we see amateurs that just sort of rake and hit balls. Well, they don't do that. They go through their entire routine for every single shot, even on the range, because that's what they're going to take to the golf course. So they practice what they're going to take to the golf course and not just sort of leisurely hitting golf balls for the sake of it. They, they go there with a purpose, and they have a method, if you will, of getting ready for those events, and whatever, whether it's a, an actual tournament or whether it's, in this case, the Q Series. And it really impresses me, and I've got to tell you, there was some, uh, I mean, I watched this one young lady. I, I didn't get her name, unfortunately. Um, but, I mean, consistency that this young lady had. I mean, every single shot, it was just like, you know, watching a video over and over and over again of the exact same ball flight, the exact same distance. I mean, she, you know, smothered the flag that was out there. So, you know, again, this is just a testament to the level of play and the level of accuracy and commitment that these uh, young women are, are willing to do. All right, uh, we're going to wrap up a few minutes early. As I mentioned, uh, next week, the December 14th, which will be the last uh, Tuesday uh, of the season that we're going to do a broadcast city. We'll be back um, uh, next week to help me wrap up the season uh, here on uh, the Women of Golf. And then we will return on February the 8th uh, in 2022 to begin a new season. And um, we're excited about that as well. So we're going to take a break, obviously, to spend time with family and, and friends uh, during the holidays, but more importantly, to uh, get ready and give us a little bit of a break, but get ready for uh, the 2022 season. So we hope you'll stick around. Don't forget to go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash womenofgolf. And if you scroll down to the on-demand section, you'll see today's show. If you didn't uh, tune in until just now, uh, it'll be there. The recorded version will be there in its entirety. And you can scroll down and see all of the previously aired shows. You can maybe catch some of the interviews that we had with some of the winners from the Symmetra Tour this year and some of the other great guests that we've had along the way. So I hope you'll check those out uh, on the off-season, give you something to, to listen to. Um, and you can also... Uh, click on there and follow us right from that uh, page uh, so that you get updates uh, and news as to uh, upcoming shows and, and uh, who our guests are going to be uh, right in your, the inbox in your email. So I hope you do that. Um, on behalf of Cindy, I'm Ted Odorico. Uh Thank you for joining me this morning and my special guest again, Mike Nichols from uh, uh, the Symmetra Tour. Uh, we look forward to you uh, joining us uh, for our last show next week 
and uh, obviously uh, kicking off uh, the new year. God bless everybody. Have a safe uh, weekend, and we'll see you next time right here on the Women of Golf. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.